All right, guys, welcome back. It's Monday. This is the weekend recap, and I am devastated. I picked a few teams over the weekend to advance on to the championship rounds. So we're, we're talking NFL football here. So the Tennessee Titans take on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they take on the L.A. Rams. And we have, closing all this out, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills. And I made a few picks. <laughs> and I discovered I am not a good betting man. <laughs> I'm glad I did not have money on any of these games. Going into this, I picked the Titans to beat the Bengals. I picked Green Bay to beat the Niners. I picked Tampa to beat the Rams. And I took the Bills to upset the Chiefs. And I lost the house, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't have been more wrong. So it's it was a wild weekend. If you loved football, these were some games to watch. Now, if you were a fan of the home team, ouch. <laughs> At the, we'll start off with the Tennessee Titans here. That was the first game over the weekend. And I'm excited. I'm a Titans fan. You know, this is where I grew up. I mean, I, I ran all over Nashville growing up. And I remember this stadium being built. I remember the tornado knocking cranes over in this place. And it's it's this is the team that I just grew up watching. And they got home field advantage and they're taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. And I I mentioned in the wild card round, this was the team I didn't want the Titans to meet because their offense was just explosive. I mean, Joe Burrow was in a situation where he didn't the moment was not too big for him, is what it seemed like. And, man, did that pan out for Joe Burrow in the moment not necessarily being too big? Uh, at least not for him. Maybe his offensive line, <laughs> the, the moment seemed to be a tall task. But uh, it was a defensive game, man. It's uh, If you wanted to watch offense, it's that wasn't the one for you. And to be honest with you, Three of the four games over the weekend was just defense, defense, defense. But you got the Cincinnati Bengals in Nashville, and this the crowd is just ruckus. It's it's going nuts. It's loud. It's crazy, and the game starts off in the worst way possible for Titans Nation. Ryan Tannehill drops back. And Rockets, an interception on the first play of the game. And so the Titans' defense, they, they go into scary mode at this point. I mean, quick you want to talk about a quick change of field. I mean, it's, this is worst-case scenario. I don't think it could get any worse outside of a pick six, you know. So here we are in the first quarter, the first seconds of the game. And Cincinnati has turned the ball over in seconds. So it, it's... They go up three points. The Titans' defense, they, they hold, they bend. I mean, they're just put in an impossible position to keep from scoring at this point. So Cincinnati takes an early jump, 3 nothing, And the first quarter, the, the Titans just could not get it together. Uh, it was just turnover. There was 
the punting the ball. I mean, they just could not get anything going. I mean, the Titans, they were... I don't know what the plan was going into the game, and it just honestly doesn't look like they knew what the plan was going into the game. I mean, we're trying to pull up the third down efficiency here. The Titans were one for eight on third downs, and they went for it on fourth down one time and just could not convert it. And even that fourth down try, I mean, they they didn't look like they knew exactly what they needed to be doing right there. So, I mean, it was... This game was just definitely did not roll Tennessee's way. I mean, we it, from what I saw, you've got Ryan Tannehill. You know, Miami fans, Florida fans down here, you guys are a little familiar with Ryan Tannehill. And you guys have been warning me that this was coming <laughs> all season long, you know. You guys are going to get the Miami version of Tannehill. And he showed up, man. I don't know what had him spooked. But he could not stay in the pocket and feel comfortable. I mean, he only got sacked one time. So I'm not quite understanding why he seemed like he was in such a panic. He was forcing so many balls. And it was the game was just never out of control, honestly. Yeah, Cincinnati, they jumped up. First quarter, 6 nothing. Second quarter, you know, now we're sitting here, 9 points. Tennessee gets a touchdown, misses the extra point. So we're sitting here, 9-6. to six. And, I mean, come fourth quarter, we're sitting here 16-all. So, I mean, it's not like this game was really out of hand. It was always within a one-possession drive to to tie it up or to go ahead. And he just was playing panic ball. It's like he was seeing ghosts. He was overthrowing. He was just putting it in windows he did not need to force them in. I mean, it's... They're topping, oh, oh, well, tipped passes. I mean, well, when you throw it behind them and the receiver's reaching back and smacking the ball up versus catching it, it's, oh, man, I tell you what, that game felt like heartburn. <laughs> That's the only way I could put it. I just, if going into this game, somebody told me the Titans are going to have nine sacks and hold the Cincinnati Bengals to 19 points, I would have bet the house on the Titans winning that game. But uh, good old Tannehill, man. It's, uh, that was uh, He put us in a bad position. And it, it's, that's, but like Miami fans have been warning me, man. It's, uh, y'all are going to find out who Ryan Tannehill is. So, but let's dive into the stats real quick for the game. So, total yards, I mean, this game, like I said, the points, the everything about it was just about as even as you could look at. You're looking at a total yards for the Bengals of 345 yards. Uh, Titans put up 353 total yards. So, on that end, I mean, the the line of scrimmage was pushed around pretty fair, fairly even here. Uh, passing yards, the Bengals had the upper hand, 280 versus 213. Titans held a edge in the rushing yards with 140 total rushing yards versus Cincinnati 65. And the yards per play actually went in the Titans' favor. So, I mean, just looking at this stat line alone, you would feel that the Titans should have won this game. But it, again, came down to these turnovers. First downs, they split it pretty fair. Uh, the Titans had 16 first downs. The Bengals had 17. Third down efficiency is really where the game was decided. 
that third down, they could not stay on the field. They did give credit to their defense, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But, man, the, the one for eight on third down, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little Derrick Henry. We're going to talk a little Deonta Foreman and some decisions the Titans made in this game. So you've got a running back, Derrick Henry. He's back. You know, he pulled a cab dude. Now I'm back. You know, but he really wasn't. He was productive. He got 20 carries, 62 yards. But when it came to tackles, I mean, he was getting stopped by the first guy. You know, you weren't seeing the yards after contact like you see with Derrick Henry. He was not exploding through these tacklers like you've seen in the past. You know, he he was not the Derrick Henry that Titan fans were needing on Saturday. And it was... Uh, it, uh, this portion didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So, we've got Derrick Henry. He's missed pretty much half the season. Uh, he went out week eight, I believe it was. And he's back. So, everybody, don't get me wrong. This, if Derrick Henry can give you any resemblance of what he was before he got injured, this is an easy run to the Super Bowl. But w he was not ready. You know, you got this Deonta Foreman that's carried the workload over the last few weeks with the Titans. And he's, he's been on a pretty hot roll. And what I didn't understand in the game was they had put him in the game. This guy gets four touches and goes for 66 yards. He gashes the Cincinnati Bengals for a 45-yard run down the field and just absolutely refusing to go down. I mean, this guy's putting his hand on the ground, spinning, trucking people, and just hauling tail down the field. And that was the last time he saw the field. I mean, what are they thinking? This guy is cracking open the game at this point. And you ice him for Derrick Henry, which sounds crazy for me to even have the take, but you got somebody that's, not got their legs under them at this point in the season. The, the season's gone on. The game condition just quite isn't there for Derrick Henry. He's not driving his legs like we're used to seeing Derrick Henry drive his legs. And you have a guy that is on the verge of breaking this game open for the Tennessee Titans. And you guys sit him. I, I don't know about you guys. I like a feel-good story as much as the next guy. But some feel-good stories don't feel that good, unfortunately. And that's that's kind of the role we had there with Derrick Henry in this playoff run. And I, I, I think I broke the internet, or at least Titans Nation, when I pointed out a glaring stat line for Derrick Henry here in the playoffs. The last three seasons, Derrick Henry has really done nothing in big games. In the playoffs, he's been held for less than 100 yards on three separate occasions. Granted, this year he's coming off injury, and they, in my opinion, should have went with the healthier and hotter hand that night. But last year, made an early exit against Baltimore. He only had 40 yards at that point in that game. And then you turn around against the Kansas City Chiefs the year they made it to the AFC Championship game. He only went for 69 yards. And then Saturday, he goes for 62. 
I mean, either Titans need to reevaluate his workload throughout the season, or you guys need to understand that Derrick Henry's not showing up for big games in the playoffs like we need him. So, but that does not take any of this blame off of Ryan Tannehill. I mean, you are playing in some of the biggest games of your life at this point. And, like I said, man, the pocket was clean for most of the game. You only got one sack against you. And you just played panic ball and forced so many things. But, hey, like I've been hearing on the radio today, with some stations in Nashville. Maybe a couple bad losses in the playoffs is something that this team really needs. Hopefully this isn't a situation where they try to break up the band. There's a lot of free agent stuff going on this year with some linemen. We got some pass rushers coming up. Next season you're looking at a couple big names coming up on the free agent list for the Titans. I would hate to see the band break up because, in my opinion, they are there. They are right there on the cusp of breaking something big for this fan base. From what I see on social media, the world is on fire and wants Ryan Tannehill gone. And it's it, this wasn't his best season. It wasn't his best showing. And I, I can give him that. I mean, multiple four-game interceptions, multiple three-game interception games this year. I mean, it's it wasn't a pretty season for him. But at the end of the day... The last two seasons, this man's been the best thing the Titans had going on since Steve McNair and Warren Moon, to be honest with you. So, I mean, the Titans, you guys have something here with Ryan Tannehill. We just need to work a little bit better on our scheme and play calling. And then, to be honest with you, that is what happened to this game, in my opinion. You know, it's it's... You've got to make the in-game adjustments necessary to win a game. Like I said, you got Derrick Henry back. Everybody knows Derrick Henry could break one at any moment. But you got to be realistic and take a fanboy step back. You know, Everybody wants to see Derrick Henry go for 200 yards. I, I promise you, everybody but Cincinnati wanted to see that. But when you get in a situation where you have Derrick Henry going down after first contact, we should have raised our hands and said, hey, he's not quite running the same. And then the moment you had another back break a 45-yard dash down the road, down the, the field here, we should have started feeding that one a little bit more. But they went away from it, which blew me away. So hopefully we can, as a... Hopefully the Titans can get this figured out. I have a little concern for their offensive coordinator in the offseason. You have Mike Vrabel, you know, being a little coy on the coaching carousel, the situation that's going on there behind the doors, uh, saying he's going to have conversations with all the coaching staff. So, I mean, to me, I mean, if we're having closed room conversations, I mean, I, I think somebody might be in the hot seat. And we'll talk about another coordinator that uh, kind of blew it this weekend a little bit later on. But uh, 
let's go into the individual stats here here in the game. You know, we'll start with Joe Burrow because going into this, I was terrified Joe Burrow was going to go for four or five hundred yards against the Titans, but his offensive line just completely ruined any game plan that they had set up against the Titans here. Uh, to, to give you an idea, you know, you get sacked four or five times in a game. You as a fan base, you should be pretty annoyed, man. That was, pre- that was a bad outing by your offensive line. But the Titans, these guys go out and put a record setting, nine sacks against Joe Burrow. But at the end of the day, Joe Cool was Joe Cool. This guy was 28 for 37 passing, 348 yards. He did not score a touchdown, and he threw an interception. Now, Joe Mixon didn't quite have the day that he was expecting to have. Had 14 carries, 54 yards, but he was able to get it in for a touchdown there. And Jamar Chase for what the Titans had going on. this, Like I said, this was a defensive game. Jamar Chase, the offensive rookie of the year, they were able to contain him to five catches and 109 yards. Now, there was a huge play at the end of the game that put them into field goal range, and that's what sealed the deal there for the Titans, but... The, their defense did everything they could to keep that game within reach. Now, that's enough talk about the Titans. Because my, my heart's broken. I, I can't keep talking about them at this point. Let, let's go ahead and move on to the night game here. We got the Green Bay Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And let me tell you something. This was, again, another game that I picked wrong for home field advantage, for what Aaron Rodgers is doing the last two seasons, last year, this year, what he's got going on there in Green Bay, and the temperature. This game started out in sub-zero weather, and I thought San Francisco was going to be at a complete disadvantage because Green Bay, these guys, they practice up there in this mess. They call it the tundra for a reason. Your ground's frozen, man. I mean, it's if your spit freezes before it hits the ground, you're in Green Bay. I mean, this is just how this works. But, I mean, it was so cold that it affected both sides of this team, of this game here. I mean, you got Green Bay that just could not get anything going. San Francisco could not get anything going for most of the game. I mean... If you would have tuned in there in the third quarter, you caught most of the action <laughs> to give you an idea how this game was going. But it was, again, another defensive game. If you wanted to see a high-scoring game, it was not happening <laughs> most of the weekend here. Like I said, three of the four games were less than 20 points. So, I mean, don't don't get, get your feelings hurt when you're not seeing a whole lot of points go up on these. But you got Aaron Rodgers. They go down the field in the first quarter score a touchdown, and I'm like, man, Green Bay's going to do it. This is just what they do. San Francisco, they're sputtering, can't get nothing done in the first quarter, can't get nothing done in the second quarter, and we're looking 7 nothing. come halftime. And this game's getting crazy, by the way. We, we've seen interceptions. We've seen blocked field goals. Uh, later in the game, there's a blocked punt for a touchdown. I mean, it was... This game had all the excitement that you wanted. I mean, the score was low, 
San Francisco takes it 13 over Green Bay 10. But even with as low of a scoring game as this was, there was just excitement back and forth just because of all the defensive plays that was going on. And let me go ahead and say hats off to the officiating throughout the playoffs this, this round. These refs let these teams play. The wild card round, I mean, it was it seemed like it was just a show for the refs. I mean, Dallas had 14 penalties. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just so many flags down there in the, the wild card weekend. But this divisional round, they just let them play, man. I mean, there was some old-school football happening this weekend. But let's get back to the Green Bay-San Francisco game. So third quarter comes around. San Francisco, they kick a field goal. We're sitting here 7-3 to three at this point. Well, here comes Debo Samuel. It is Debo time. Not Tebow. So, Florida fans, don't get excited. We're, we're This ain't Tim Tebow. This is Debo Samuel. San Francisco 49ers have a gem in this guy. So, let me, let me paint the picture a little bit. This guy can do it all. He is thrown touchdown passes. He is rushed. Been the leading rusher on the team all season long. He has... 1,400 all-purpose yards or receiving yards. The guy has over 400 rushing yards. And in the football game, he almost returns one to the house on kickoff. I mean, you want to talk about a Swiss Army knife. The rest of the NFL needs to take notice. This guy is for real. Uh, You guys better have a game plan for him in the AFC Championship game because he is going to wreck your feelings. But we get into the fourth quarter, and we're all tied up. Green Bay, it's 10-10, to 10, and San Francisco, with seconds left, hits the walk-off field goal and just completely crushed Green Bay Packer fans. I'm sitting here watching the snow fall down on everybody and I'm just absolutely shocked at what I'm seeing the Tennessee Titans go down the Green Bay Packers go down and it is not a good showing for the number one seeds this year man it was just heartbreak city so it's uh San Francisco and Cincinnati man they move on to the AFC championship round and Heaven forbid me pick a team, because it seems to be the the kiss of death at this point. But San Francisco and Cincinnati, man, those are two hot teams right now. These teams are just absolutely overflowing with confidence. These defenses are just absolutely tearing up offenses right now. And it's just a situation where these guys might be the ones to roll all the way into the Super Bowl, man. We've seen Green Bay, when Aaron Rodgers was the wild card team, roll all the way in, get their Super Bowl win. We watched New Orleans do it. We've seen the Giants do it. We've seen old, back-in-the-day Tom Brady, New England Patriots do it. So, I mean, all you got to do is be hot at the right time. You know, you got that confidence. You get these wins against teams the rest of the nation counted you out against. I mean, that's... 
it's hard to uh to compete against that at that point you know just the the confidence level man it's these guys can think they they think they can take on the world at this point and man like i said these are two teams that are playing great defensive football in january guys so y'all watch out for them now that that wraps it up for our sunday or saturday games you know like i said if you were the road team your life was great saturday if you were the home team man i couldn't imagine being in green bay as a green bay packer fan and sitting there freezing and just be crushed with three seconds left on the game kick a field goal and man when they were kicking these field goals it sounded like they were kicking frozen turkeys i mean i swear it just thump it was just so bad but i to to go down at home in subarctic freezing weather conditions just has to be the worst now don't get me wrong i don't care how i lose i'm still gonna bellyache over it but uh I'd rather be warm if I lost, to be honest with you. But uh, we're uh, we're up against the break, guys. We're going to dive a little bit more into what happened over the weekend. We still got Tampa Bay and the L.A. Rams. We still got the Bills and the Chiefs to talk about. But I uh, want to give this moment an opportunity to say thanks to our sponsors, Great American Florida Promotions and Polar Attic Insulation. Uh, again, without you guys, this uh, this show doesn't happen. So... Make sure you guys stay tuned, and we'll be back after this break. Looking for a fun weekend of buy, sell, trade, guns, knives, ammunition, and much more? Or maybe you're looking for a concealed carry class? Then go to GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com, where you'll find the Great American Florida Gun Show. Dates and location for 2022 are up now. Shows coming to Lakeland, Port St. Lucie, LaBelle, Haines City, and many more. Don't forget, it's GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com. Or call 772-577-9647 for more information on dates and locations. Want to save money on your electrical bill? Need new insulation in your home's crawl space? Call Polar Attic Insulation, the only company doing crawl space within 100 miles. With our vapor barrier encapsulation, you'll save thousands. Designed to prevent mold and moisture, it's the best barrier for your home with a 10-year manufacturer warranty. Call the best with 13 years in the business, 877-608-5588. Polar Attic Insulation, we do it for thousands less. PartyMidday.com is your internet destination for area news, upcoming events, and so much more. Our new site combines the stories and events you'll hear on Hardy Midday, plus national happenings. Get an instant look at your weekly weather, plus live radar. Listen to past Hardy Midday shows, and you can even send us your events using our friendly message form. Write it down or make it a bookmark. www.hardymidday.com. That's www.hardymidday.com. All right, guys, we're back. And again, I want to give a huge thank you to Polar Attic Insulation and Great American Florida Gun Show. Without you guys, man, this show, it just would not be here. So if your floors are cold, your energy bill's too high, your summers are too hot, give our friends Chris a call at Polar Attic Insulation. Let them check out your crawl space. Let them check out your attic space. Let's make sure this house is sealed up 
Let's make sure the smells aren't getting in. Let's make sure the heat and the cold are staying where it needs to stay. But give our friends Chris a call at Polaritic Insulation. And if you're looking for a gun show, check out Great American Florida Promotions. They buy, sell, and trade. They do concealed carry permit classes. So if you guys are looking to get yourself into a few gun shows, check their website out, see where they're going to be, and make sure you guys tell them that the outlaw sent you. So let's let's start off like this. We go to break, right? We've talked about Titans. We've talked about Green Bay. And it just was not a good day for the home team. And just reliving what the Titans put me through on Saturday. I had to go take a Tums on break. <laughs> but uh, we're on to the next game. So let's go ahead and talk about Sunday's game. Now, this one has a whole lot of local interest and a whole lot of implications, I guess, after the season. We're about to have a whole lot of questions to ask moving forward with Tampa Bay here. So this game got out of hand quick, and it was not pretty. I'm sitting here watching the game, and I was after I watched my Titans lose, I was like, well, at least locally we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's go ahead and get the boat parade ready, boys. Just go ahead and tune up the band. Let's do what we do and win some championships here, right? Well, I don't know, man. Maybe I should just start rooting for the teams I don't like. <laughs> because in a blink of an eye, it is 20-3 L.A. over Tampa Bay. And it couldn't get no worse. I'm sitting here belly aching off of last night. I'm watching this and just not in a good mood because I have nothing good to talk about past Tampa Bay here locally. Uh, we got the Lightning and all the Tampa Bay Rays, but man, there's so many games it's hard to build the excitement like playoff football does. So I'm not feeling good. <laughs> and again, I had to go take some Tums, man. It's it's just one of these belly aches for me. Well, the stat line was very much in L.A.'s favor. Uh, they had more total yards. You're looking at 428 total yards to Tampa Bay's 359 passing yards. You had 355 in L.A., 308 for Tampa Bay. Both teams seemed to struggle running the ball, but uh, L.A. held the edge at 73 yards, uh, Tampa Bay with 51 and, I mean, first downs, again, leans over in L.A.'s favor with 24. Tampa Bay had 20. Third down efficiency. Uh, this is where both teams seem to, I won't say struggle, but they didn't have the greatest numbers. But uh, L.A. was 4 for 11. Tampa Bay was 3 for 14. So, I mean, a lot of that struggle there was in the first half. Uh, total place. Almost dead even, 70 for L.A., 71 for Tampa Bay. Uh, sacks, uh, Lord Stafford got sacked twice. Brady got sacked three times. Uh, both teams punched the ball four times. Uh, both got hit for four penalties. Uh, L.A. was four for 45. Uh, Tampa Bay was four for 61. And this is honestly a stat line that I thought would have been more so in Tampa Bay's favor when it came to the point spread. But... Uh, 
L.A. lost four fumbles, man. <laughs> you go into a game and say, you're going to turn over the ball four times. I'm probably going to go with the team that covered the ball four times on that one. <laughs> and it, on that, you just normally see the turnover ratio just go in favor of the people getting the ball. But uh, Tampa Bay, they lost a fumble. Tom Brady throws an interception. Time of possession, though, is where L.A. hurt them. L.A. kept the ball, man. They had 34 minutes and 8 seconds to Tampa Bay's 25 minutes and 52 seconds. So that was the stat line for the game. First quarter, L.A. jumps up 10-3 to on Tampa Bay. Second quarter, L.A. throws up another 10 points. So we're sitting here 20-3 to at halftime. And then we come out. Uh, Tampa Bay, they put up 10 points in the third. L.A. puts up seven. So we're sitting here 27-13 to 13 in the third quarter. And you start to feel it, you know. We were down three scoring drives. Now we're down two scoring drives. And we're in the third quarter. We've got Tom Brady behind center, a guy that has seen this and has technically wrote the book on this at this point. Man, I was feeling good. I was like, oh, here we go, boys. Let's buckle up. And sure enough, fourth quarter, Tampa Bay ties the game. 27-27. Mike Evans. Everybody talks about the missing pieces here in Tampa Bay. You know, Antonio Brown, Godwin, these people going down, these injuries. But everybody keeps forgetting that Mike Evans is here, man. This dude has caught every year for over a 1,000 yards since he's been in the NFL. Eight seasons in a row of a 1,000-plus receiving yards. This dude's a workhorse. You've also got Rob, Gronkows Rob, Rob Gronkowski. I choked on that name, didn't I? you got the greatest tight end to ever play the game on your roster you got Leonard Fournette which I was excited to see back and wish had a little bit more of a workload but I guess when you get behind the sticks man you gotta make up some numbers somewhere right well we're sitting here in the fourth quarter and we're tied up and I'm completely geeked out I, you know Tom Brady's done it again the goat's back and I have no idea what Todd Bowles was thinking. I truly do not. You have the game on the line. You've got less than a minute left in the game. The only defense you should be playing is prevent defense <laughs> in this scenario. And why Cooper Cup finds himself in one-on-one -on -one coverage with a safety with the game on the line is absolutely beyond me. This should be something that we got too deep, making sure we're not having the top of this thing taken off on us. I mean, it is, there should have been no way that these guys should have been able to take a big chunk play the way they did. But give credit to Matthew Stafford. Give credit to Cooper Cup. The 
chemistry these two have had this season has just only been better one other time. And Matthew Stafford was part of that. You know, Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson set the NFL record. Well, you have Cooper Cup here, less than 70 yards away from breaking the receiving record this year. And you put him in one-on-one matchup with the game on the line? (laughs) I mean, three games decided on the final drive. Three games decided by three points. You want to talk about heartbreak for your home teams this weekend. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Tennessee, all three absolutely devastated this weekend. I mean, I'm in these social media sites with the Tampa Bay tight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tennessee Titans, and they are about ready to kill each other as fans. They're blaming the quarterbacks, they're blaming the coaching, they're blaming the fan base. I mean, the world is on fire in Tennessee. The world is on fire in Tampa. The world is on fire in Green Bay. And it is just bad coaching at the end of these games. Just really did it in, which surprised me. (laughs) You know, I mean, you, you figure... In Tampa, you know, we'd be a little bit smarter than that. You know, this is Tampa Bay. It's not like we haven't been here before, you know. Reigning Super Bowl champions. We're not going to be repeating Super Bowl champions, unfortunately. But, man, you got to think what this has to do for the head coaching carousel we're about to see in this offseason. Once the Super Bowl wraps up here, is Todd Bowles going to be that hot of a topic now? I mean... That was kind of a real bad call there, bud. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Let, let's talk about the individual stats here. Tom Brady threw for 54 passes, man. 54 attempts. Completed 30 of them for 329 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Leonard Fortnette, he had 13 carries for 51 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, you want to talk about getting excited. Leonard Fournette, when I saw him start rumbling down the field, I was getting excited. This guy ran on average 3.9 yards. Why he wasn't a bigger part of the game plan to try to slow this thing down, I don't know, man. And again, the Tampa Bay offense just could not get it going in the first half and just played catch-up ball after that, man. But Mike Evans... Eight receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, he put up 85 yards on four touches. Leonard Fournette, nine receptions for 56 yards. I mean, so he goes for over 100 all-purpose here. Uh, Scott Miller, three for or four for 38, and it's just that was kind of the story of the game there. The defense, on the other hand, wasn't the best of showings. I mean, Vita Vea gets in for a sack, and Dominican Sue, he, he doubles up with Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, the kicker. We're sitting here with Ryan Suckup. I mean, uh, whew, a costly missed field goal. 
So, I mean, that was the difference in the game there, you know. I have a two for three, long uh, 45. So, I mean, it's, oh, man, I wish we could have that one back. But Matthew Stafford, though, and then Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., man, these guys were just on a different level yesterday. Uh, Matthew Stafford was 28 completions on 38 attempts for 366 yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, Cam Akers had 24 carries for 48 yards. So the run game, they were pretty good at stuffing them there. Uh, let's see, Sonny Michelle, which big name coming out of Georgia, just one touch for four yards. I mean, I don't know why a dynamic back like that didn't get more of a nod, but you're looking at Cooper Cup. This guy is a game wrecker, man. Has been a game wrecker all season, unfortunately. But he gets nine touches for 183 yards and a touchdown on him. Odell Beckham, I mean, he was moving the chains. He was six touches for 69 yards. Tyler Higby, you know, he with limited opportunities, four touches and 51 yards. So, I mean, these guys were, they came to play. And Kendall Blanton, he had two touches, 18 yards, but he had a touchdown. You know, so, I mean, they they were there to play. And it's just unfortunate, man. That's missed field goal by Ryan Suckup. Came back to bite them bad. And the second half of that game, like I said, was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I, I just thought Tom Brady was there and dialed in. And just unfortunately it came down to who had the ball last in. A terrible play call in the fourth quarter man coverage with the safety on the triple crown wide receiver most catches most yards most touchdowns and you're going to choose one of the <laughs> more unathletic members of the secondary to cover them i mean why that man wasn't doubled if we're going to go on a if we're going to man up on these guys, is beyond me. But, I mean, I get it. You got Odell Beckham on the other side. But, oh, man, <laughs> there's just not a situation where you want a one-on-one with your safety there. So, but hats off to Tampa Bay. What a season, you know. And, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, whispering going on about Tom Brady's future here also. So, uh we're going to see what's going to develop over the next couple of weeks, but this might be it, folks. There's nothing official. Nobody's reporting on it. You just hear a lot of analysts saying, hey, this might be the end of the road for him. So, Tampa Bay, man, let's uh, let's hope he wants to give it one more season. Let's, let's let this man win on a championship. And because if I we're looking at the team here, who's next? What do we have after Brady? Have We have no plan at this point in Tampa Bay for a post-Brady team. Because look at it this way. Brady's gone. You can count Rob Gronkowski to be gone. So that is a huge chunk of your offense. <laughs> so, ah, man. We are going to have to talk a little bit about the uh, the quarterback situation coming out of the draft this year coming up so we are going to be seeing some interesting times in Tampa Bay but let's 
Let's hope we got another year to prepare for this, right? Brady, if you're listening, give us one more run, man. Just one more time. So, let me get to what I thought was the most exciting game of the divisional round this weekend. This was the Bills and Chiefs game. I teased on Facebook and Instagram that Saturday was probably going to be the best football in the divisional round. And I was pretty accurate on that. The Green Bay and Titans game, low-scoring affair. If you love defense, I mean, that was a great set of games to watch. Don't get me wrong. All these games were great to watch. The, the drama, the all of it. I mean, anything you wanted in a football game was in those first two games, minus the offense. <laughs> but... Tampa Bay and L.A., man, the the offense just back and forth there in the fourth quarter. Just the way that thing blew up in the first half for L.A. And then Tampa Bay comes back and then L.A. goes and wins it, you know. And then you got the Bills and the Chiefs game, man. You want to talk about fireworks. So if you went into Sunday wanting to watch a defensive power game, you were disappointed. <laughs> These teams were just toe-for-toe, toe, back and forth, just two heavyweights slugging this thing out as best as they could. I mean, you want to talk as evenly matched as you can. This came down to who had the ball last. So, we're going to go ahead and give you the final score. Kansas City moves on to the AFC Championship with a win over the Buffalo Bills, 42 36 final score so let's break this down by quarter right so buffalo starts the game gets the ball and has as impressive of a drive as you can on their opening drive makes it all the way to the red zone touchdown go up seven points kansas city gets the ball they return the favor opening drive seven points Second quarter, Buffalo goes up seven. Kansas City matches them seven. Third quarter, so we're tied at this point, 14-14, halftime. Third quarter happens. Kansas City starts to put the lead on. They score nine points in the third. Buffalo only scores seven. Fourth quarter comes around. Kansas City puts up 13 points, but Buffalo is able to keep the game even by scoring another 15. So at this point, we're 36-36 in the fourth quarter going into overtime. And you want to talk about excitement. There were so many points scored in the last two minutes of this game. I mean, the lead changes just back and forth. This was the game to watch. This was the premier game of the weekend. And I suggest you go check out my Facebook and Instagram page. On Facebook, we get the game recap on there, so you'll be able to check out the game, the back and forth that we're talking about. But I suggest you give it a look, man. You want to talk about a fun game to watch, uh, unless you're a Bills fan. So, Chris, Justin, John, man, <laughs> uh, at least I ain't got to hear y'all's crap this year. Titans lost, y'all lost, so hey, it sucks for both of us, right? <laughs> but let's let's talk a little stat line here. So Josh Allen, man, you want to talk about just heartbroke. Bill's Mafia, you guys are crushed right now. He knows exactly how 
Patrick Mahomes felt that year. He sat there and watched Tom Brady go and score a touchdown in overtime, and he never had the opportunity to touch the ball. He 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 gets it. <laughs> and then Josh Allen, man, he he got the same treatment, just never got the opportunity. And I heard from Boomer Esiason on this one. He was talking about in the playoffs when it comes to overtime. Both teams, man. Let's give these guys an opportunity because you're looking at the best of the best. You you expect them not to score is going to be a hard pill to to swallow on any side of this in this level of competition. And he has the idea of giving them a full fifth quarter in overtime. So instead of if they score a touchdown, game's over, or if they score a field goal, you need to match it or score a touchdown to win, and then it comes to sudden death overtime at that point. I kind of like that idea, man, especially in the playoffs. If the game's that tight, I would love to see another quarter of that. But unfortunately, that's not where we're at. (laughs) And uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and the rest of Bills Mafia are understanding that portion, unfortunately. So Josh Allen, let's talk about what he did. He was 27 for 37, passing for 329 yards and four touchdowns. Like I said, this game did not lack any excitement. And there was a receiver. I mean, maybe I don't follow the Bills enough, but he just went off. And I don't think Chiefs Nation, the Kansas City Chiefs, even knew about this guy. I had to do a Google search just to even figure out who he was. But let's get to the leading rushers. I mean, Josh Allen's as as stud as it gets, man. He had 11 carries for 68 yards. This man came to play. Buffalo, man, y'all got you a quarterback. I mean, I I am, as a Titans fan, I'm envious. I wish we had a quarterback on that level. Uh, Devin Singletary, 10 touches, 26 yards. So on that end, they really didn't have a whole lot going for them. Now, when it came to receiving, you, you've got your typical lineup here. You got Cole Beasley. You got uh, Lord, did he even have a showing? Yeah, Stephon Diggs. I mean, where did you go in this game? Mercy. I mean, y'all, Buffalo needed you, man. But uh, hey, let, let's talk about Gabriel Davis real quick. This guy had eight catches for two hundred and one yards and four touchdowns. This guy just torched Kansas City secondary. Absolutely obliterated them. So, I mean, to be honest with you, that was most of their offense outside of Josh Allen's legs. But, I mean, it was a great game. It really was. Let's get up here to Kansas City real quick. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's that's like betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs at this point. You know, this guy is he was born in this, you know, he, he has been here since he has led this team. So, I mean, hats off to what he's had happen in his career. So Patrick Mahomes, he was 33 for 44 on passing, 378 yards and three touchdowns, but it doesn't stop there. He was going toe for toe with Josh Allen here. He also has seven carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes was your leading rusher. 
last night on the Kansas City Chiefs. Mind-blowing, right? Out of all the talent they got, he's going to be the guy that carries the stick. Now, Hardman, he had two carries, and he had 31 yards and a touchdown. But this touchdown was special. This guy is it's basically a jet sweep, right? So he's running to the left. You know, as we're looking from Patrick Mahomes, he, he's running to the left here. And the stutter step this guy puts on when he comes around the corner freezes what it looks to be six Buffalo Bill defenders in their place. And he just puts the Jets on and leaves them all behind. Uh, ooh, I do not want to be in that defensive room <laughs> on that conversation on pursuing through the whistle <laughs> on a tackle right but the other thing that killed me in this game was Derek Hill right I'm not not Derek here Ty- Tyreek Hill so this guy they couldn't contain him neither he had 11 receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown but again, the touchdown was special. The, he had a huge kickoff return, mind you. But this receiving touchdown, his thing, he likes to give people the peace sign as he's leaving them in the dust, right? Well, he's on the right sideline, and he's running up the field. He's got defenders between him and the end zone. And this dude shoots up the peace sign to people that are in between him and the end zone because he knew he had already got them beat. You want to talk about world-class speed, man. He just put on the jets and blew past these guys. It was something to see. Now, Travis Kelsey just absolutely drove the nail through the coffin on this one. I mean, Dracula, he, he got staked, and Travis Kelsey did it. He only had eight receptions, 96 yards, so, I mean, he was moving the chains, man. And he had the game-winning touchdown in overtime. I mean, they used, Buffalo used to look under their bed for Tom Brady at night, right? I'm pretty sure they were checking their closet for Travis Kelsey last night. I couldn't imagine being a Bills fan and seeing how great of a team you got going on and to see you just not get an opportunity in overtime. Now... Defense, I'd be having a conversation with my defensive coordinator. You know, I mean, there was just no way. I mean, maybe it's just how great Kansas City is. But there should be no way you can't hold them to just three points in a game that has been so physical as that one. Somebody had to be out of gas. And it just, uh, unfortunately, it was your defense. Um, Jesus, man. But you want to talk about a game. I mean, it was just, ah, I was geeked up the whole time. Now, like I said, Tyreek Hill, he had a punt return. He went 45 yards, man. I thought he was about to take this one to the house. I was, it was the last two minutes of this game was just absolutely insane. So, but guys, that's how the weekend closed out. I just, I'm sitting here in a cloud of dust, trying to figure out what just happened. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. The Titans fall. Green Bay falls. Tampa Bay falls. You know, these homestands that you thought was going to be in your favor just did not work out this playoffs, man. 
those three games decided by three points. The Chiefs and the Bills game decided on a touchdown pass in overtime. Man. Like I said, guys, the divisional round did not disappoint if you're a fan of football. Now, if you're a number one seed, and for the most part the home team, oh yeah, the the, the playoffs definitely disappointed this, this weekend. But uh, the good news is, uh, there's really not. <laughs> if you're a Titans fan or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, guys, I'm sorry, the season's over for us. I, I truly, truly am. But hey, we we got a few things to look at coming up. You know, Titans fans, they're unhappy. They're calling for Ryan Tannehill's head. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, we're we're hearing whispering of Tom Brady being done. So I mean, we've got a whole lot of head scratching to do. And do we have any quarterbacks in the draft that are even worth taking a look at at this point? I mean, Tampa Bay, we might be up against the clock, unfortunately. But Tennessee, you guys have a little bit of time to flirt with this one. But looking here top five quarterbacks coming out in this year's draft. You got Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. You got Matt Carroll from Ole Miss. You got Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Malik Willis from Liberty. Sam Howell from North Carolina. And Carson Strong from Nevada. Do any of these guys get you excited? I don't even outside of watching Cincinnati get blown out in the, <laughs> the, the playoffs this year, I'd I don't know much about them. I mean, I didn't follow them close enough, but man, it's uh, none of these guys are sticking out like the uh, quarterbacks in the past drafts, right? So, I mean, I don't know if I would want to roll the dice on, on these guys. Now, we have a few guys being rumored for the trade. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got Russell Wilson. But uh, do you have a team ready for a Super Bowl? because you're going to give up a lot of draft capital on that one, right? So, guys, unfortunately, like the season, we're out of time. Now, we'll be back next week. We'll have a few more things to talk about. We'll have the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship. We're going to have to stir up some hockey conversations. So, uh, we're getting ready to drop the puck on that. Uh, I hope to God our basketball teams have done something, and we'll start diving off into what Tampa Bay Rays are up to around here. Nashville Predators, for my Nashville fans, man, you guys, uh, let, let's make some noise this hockey season. So, as always, guys, again, want to give a thanks to our sponsors. We got Polaratic Insulation. We got Great American Gun Show bringing us the action here today. So make sure you give them a check out. Tell them the Outlaws sent you. And as always, Outlaws, stay classy. Thank you.